0: I'm Mark Stedman. Calm down, get a grip now. Ooh, this is uh, an interesting... Uh, what is it? It's a sort of um, yawning, tingling sensation in my, my... Well, I suppose I'd better start finding names for things if I want to make any headway in what, for the sake of what I shall call an argument I shall call the world, so let's call it my stomach. Good. Ooh, it's getting quite strong, and hey, what about this whistling, roaring sound going round suddenly what I'm going to call my head? Perhaps I could call that... Wind, is that a good name? Well yeah, it'll do. Perhaps I'll find a better name for it later when I find out what it's for. It must be something very important because there certainly seems to be a hell of a lot of it. <laughs> hey, what's this thing? This let's call it a Yeah tail! Hey, I can really thrash it about pretty good, can't I? Whoa whoa! That feels great. Doesn't seem to achieve very much, but I'll probably find out what it's for later on. Now, have I built up any coherent picture of things yet? No. Never mind. Hey, this is really exciting, so much to find out about, so much to look forward to. I'm quite dizzy with anticipation, or is it the wind? There really is a lot of it now, isn't there? And wow, hey, what's this thing suddenly coming towards me? Very fast, very, very fast, so big and flat and round. It needs a big, wide-sounding name, like, row, row, round, ground, that's it, that's a good name, ground. I wonder if it'll be friends with me.
1: I'm Danny Smith. Oh, no, not again. Then what's happened to the missiles? Oh, Joe Bands. It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, Beware of the Leopard. Leopard, leopard,
0: leopard." (laughs) From the outpost, this is Beware of the Leopard, your A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. We're delving into the S section now, so let's kick off by making an ass out of you and me. (laughs) King Antwelm made a famous assumption that... What everybody wanted, all of the things being equal, was to be happy and enjoy themselves and have the best possible time together. On his death, he had willed his entire personal fortune to financing an annual festival to remind everyone of this with lots of good food and dancing and very silly games like Hunt the Wocket. His assumption had been such a brilliantly good one that he was made into a saint for it. Now, the people of Pilia Hensha, which is the... um, thing that we're actually discussing uh, hold an annual festival um of the assumption of saint antwelm now uh, i've recently had some assumptions tackled by people far more intelligent than me so um i'd like to ask uh, danny uh, what assumptions uh, about the world um
2: do you cleave to um that was a great language joke by the way the assumption of um so-and-so, so-and-so. Uh,
0: uh, saint antwelm
2: yeah that's that is a great catholic just sounding joke it's a very pleasing it's a very pleasing joke I, I like it a lot
0: yeah we have that sort of that um irish name like Assumpta, which is a like a a, a nun name
2: yeah and all, all the festivals are called the assumption uh the the, the revelation of in you know, the ascension and the, yeah it's it's yeah. just a, a neat little joke uh okay to get to assumptions i don't know assumptions aren't assumptions just truths that haven't been tested
1: Well, lies are truths that (laughs) haven't been tested.
2: I don't think assumptions are a bad thing. In fact, I think they're actually necessary because. Well, it's how we function, isn't it? It's, it's. Yeah, you have to. You you can't, you've got to assume that gravity is working today. You've got to assume that capitalism still hasn't fallen. You've got to assume that if you leave the house with no trousers or pants on, you're going to have a very complicated day.
1: It's true, isn't it? Because gravity is, um, well, Newton's theories of gravity were simply our best guess they were wrong.
0: Quite, Yeah, I only found this out a few days ago that the Newtonian uh, grasp on gravity is not what we um, understand to be the case now. And that actually is why uh, that was in the same conversation that I had my assumptions tackled. So, uh, yeah.
1: So, is is it about um, that we're assuming lots of things all the time, but I was thinking about an assumption that I probably know not to be true but I'm happy to hold it because it makes the the world easier to understand a little bit. I'm fairly convinced that there are only so many people or faces or sort of models of people in the world. And everybody is a little bit like when you make a character on a computer game. There's only so many choices. So I'm I'm fairly convinced that I see someone and go, oh, Your type that's... B37C. Well, I normally think of them as... The, I normally think of people that I know as being the sort of platonic ideal of that type. Mm. <laughs> so like, oh, there's Danny There's Danny with a fatter ass. <laughs> why, why that exactly? Because it isn't, why? It, isn't as, it isn't as fat as someone else I've seen who looks a lot like you, but it's got a fatter ass. We want to see you, but we just want to see a
2: butt that doesn't quit. <laughs>
1: Oh, my butt does quit. It's a very not not, not (laughs) not from where my nose is standing. It's a very unmotivated butt. Or uh, that that's that's my that's my friend Terry who's got a longer nose. Or Mm. well, that's uh, there was a, a a Tory MP on the television the other day, and it was. I was. I turned to uh, someone. And I said, "Doesn't he look like uh, Andy Burnham dressed as Gordon Brown?" Are you mocking the way Gordon Brown, Gordon Brown dressed? No, it was like someone had put him in a Gordon Brown suit. Gordon
0: Brown didn't look like he was put in a Gordon Brown suit. He looked like he was put in someone else's suit. It's
1: like Andy Burnham had uh, got a movie franchise in the same way Eddie Murphy had, <laughs> uh, but he <laughs> been made up as uh, he was going to play all of the uh, two uh, the two thousand and seven <laughs> Labour cabinet. Okay, so.
2: To play your game, there are some assumptions that I have also um, there is the never put down to malice what can be explained by incompetence
0: yeah conspiracy uh, cock up over conspiracy yeah Just,
2: yeah um, that's that's a very useful thing and one that I've always found to be true whenever it's been tested everybody everybody in the world everyone that you'll ever meet wherever you are are nice, but there's a couple of pricks yeah that's. I found that to be explicitly true.
0: And now uh, we return to some hitchhiking slang. <laughs> Sass means to know, meet. Uh, or have sex with. John, this seems to leave hitchhikers open to humiliating confusion, so how would you go about safely disposing of your phone if you accidentally texted this word to your mum?
1: Um, well, I've got an iPhone, so I'd go about making it, rendering it completely unoperable by dropping it two inches onto a soft surface. <laughs> <laughs> you can drop it off a skyscraper, but for the love of God, don't let it fall off the arm of a sofa. It's true, but um, I i was asked to think you've got this question the wrong way around, Mark, because um, it's much more like likely that the uh, technical incompetence leading to embarrassment would come from my mother's end. Uh you don't want you don't want your mother's end on your phone.
0: <laughs> no. The the <laughs> only reason I didn't go down that route is I I would assume that this is a sort of young hip person's word and you know I'm not casting aspersions um on your mum. Be well it um, wants <laughs> to
1: cast them on me.
0: <laughs> well yeah no absolutely you know we we we're, we're, we're still um I don't know we're part of a generation that has a Um, anyway i I was going to try and call us some kind of we were there at the birth of the internet we know what's going on you
2: know what i mean we we we, we've got a certain old man coolness about us um okay i think it's interesting that um to sass means to know but to also might have had sex with Mm -hmm. that's to know in the biblical term as well so it's not necessarily young and hip it's it's just the 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 in the state of, oh, I know him. Oh, he knew her.
0: Yes, uh, I knew her, not in the biblical
2: sense, of course. I did. Um, I did actually send a live uh, dick pic to my mum the other day.
0: No, mate, come on, don't tell me things like that.
2: I was in the living room and um, in my in my sleep shorts, which is a, a girl's pair of like um booty shorts that I sleep in. Um, very comfortable. Is she in them as well? No, no, they're mine. Um, and, uh, I was sitting there quite comfortably watching television and my mom walked in and went, I, I can see your bits. And I looked down and just the whole package, just all of it, just there, just not even like a little mouse creeping out the house. It was just full on sense of like the mouse was
0: like showcasing the house it was like it was an open house and the mouse was outside letting
1: inviting everyone in yeah absolutely it was a, a little a little mouse uh, living in a windmill in old amsterdam <laughs> <laughs> um so that, yeah the idea that you get uh mistaken um texts and stuff is i don't think that's i, I think this is a, a a comedy uh trope that gets us out of or into scrapes that we want to but what does happen with all of your uh relatives being on social media these days is what my mum will do is she'll ring you up to ask you what you meant by your facebook oh status. god oh if it's um if it was a if it's a little bit sort of no or uh or maybe i don't know what did you mean by that so what's that then uh or or the other thing is my dad i think he thinks facebook is like a job so he goes down and sits his computer for an hour and he goes, I'm just going to go and do, do Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to, he's got to read and he, he's got to uh, react to everything that anybody's put on. Otherwise he, they, they won't know he's read it. So he's got to, uh, yeah. Oh, is that, is that a happy react? Is that a sad react? I, I don't know. Um, do I put a lol here? Yeah. But, um, I've, yeah, I try to very much discourage, um, my uh, my parents from that, although my dad, when he first got a, an iPhone, did genuinely FaceTime me with a picture of his ear. <laughs> <laughs> and now, this.
0: Let's be straight here, says an Earth scientist at a press conference discussing Rob McKenna. If we find something we can't understand, we like to call it something you can't understand, or indeed pronounce. I mean, if we just let you go around calling him a rain god, then that suggests you know something we don't, and I'm afraid we couldn't have that. No, first we have to call it something which says it's ours, not yours. Then we set about finding some way of proving it's not what you said it is, but something we say it is. I love this bit of writing and, um, it's something that holds true now as it did then, I think. Um, but I think it has less to do with science now, um, and more to do with things like, um, technology and finance. Uh, what say you
2: gents? Like Adams was a huge science fan and a Mm -hmm. near techno fetishist, right?
0: But not until his later years did the techno fetishist stuff come into play.
2: But still he was he was a devout atheist and uh he was a devout atheist and uh, and like a, a massive cheerleader of of science and critical thinking. It it just yeah. seems completely out of character to kind of take this
1: sort of sideswipe at science. I'm gonna disagree with you there a little bit, Daddy, because what I'm gonna say is that yes, he's a complete scientist or techno fetishist, but what Douglas really liked was um, the sort of public understanding or prosthetizing of of science, and what he's taking the swipe at is the tendency of academics of all stripes or, or professions of all stripes to disguise things that we could all genuinely understand and make use of in a, a sort of in a jargon essentially, and that's I think that's what he's having a, a knock at, and. Um, I think that's that's interesting, and that's there's, there's, but there are really good reasons for for jargons or for 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 language words in lots of sort of professional academic situations. I don't know if you've got any uh, favorite jargons or uh, or anything, but it's I think it's fascinating how words that are jargony or jargon based sometimes sort of slip from. Uh, you know professions into the the consciousness and then back out again. Yes, I find the most common one
0: of that, and it, it occurs to me uh, a, a lot just given the job I do is four oh four is one of those because so. Obviously, we all know that 404 is this magical number that somehow means not found, and there's a reason for that. It's because there are these three-digit error codes, um, which are to do with how information moves around the internet, and there are uh, a few dozen of them. Not every number uh, is is used. Not every number corresponds to an error code, but most websites have the the letters. Which there is no reason to have the numbers 404 printed on a web page uh, that you're presenting to the outside world. Um, but for, you know, the, it doesn't happen when there's an internal server error, which means the computer that's serving the website has gone down, which also happens a lot. They For that one, there is a more, oh, look, something happened. Oh, cutesy error message. But for some reason, we are very conversant with 404, meaning not found, and and we we sometimes some web pages have it in giant, giant, um, eighteen foot high uh, numbers that are only illuminated on special occasions.
1: That's a little bit like the um the save icon, isn't it? Being a, a floppy a, disk, a flop, yeah, the floppy disk. But I think there's um there's some joy in in, in the jargon, mm-hmm. and I um always think that, that it's an example in some ways of um the concept of um, intentionality which means that giving something a name makes it easy to talk about, and then it's easy to have, it's much easier to have thoughts about it. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you mean. So giving a, I don't know, political philosophy a name lets you uh able to talk about people who subscribe to it or um say, oh, in... Uh, neoliberalism or in socialism this thing happens whereas just saying oh like being nice to each other or privatizing all the shit um makes it quite difficult to argue about the concepts completely
0: i i um oddly enough every now and again the work i do like i've been i've been programming for a long time but a lot of what i do i do is self-taught and so there's a lot of computer science terms that i just don't know um, and so Things like there's there's a big one which is uh, called uh, race condition, which is what basically what happens when you have two operations that might happen at the same time, but it's really important that one of them happens first, but the second one happens first, and that's kind of called a race condition. Like if taking you, your uh, trousers off before you go to the toilet. Exactly, exactly that. Um, it's uh, you know that that is yeah that's that's usually a, a, a synchronous operation as opposed to an asynchronous operation. Anyway, um, but. If you don't know what, what it's called, um, it's hard to Google for. And so it's not necessarily um, – because, I, yeah, I, I think there is that point that, that Douglas is making that these jargony terms can be barriers and they're, they're a way of owning information, putting a stamp on information. But the other way to look at it is actually saying, well, if you categorise it and label it, it gives you something to look up when you have got a problem. Um, you know, it's, it's like an error code in that it gives you a term that you can then Google around because you've actually, you know, what is this idea of, shouldn't everyone be nice or I don't want to, um, it's like I, I remember having this conversation with with Danny years ago. I don't know if I believe this now, um, but it was a thing I said years ago. Like I I don't like the party political system because I don't like the idea that I have to subscribe to one large body's view of how things should be run. I, I you know I I would vote on policies, um, and that's kind of. Um, Anarchism, uh, I- to a degree, and I didn't know that, and and I think you know, I, I know I'm I'm drastically oversimplifying, but if you, w- once you have a label for something, it actually then gives you a sense of oh, okay, well I could Google around and find out is that what I believe, or you know, is that something that is interesting, and I, I think there is that that great value in in being able to put a, a, a stamp on it.
1: Oh, you two your liberal arts degrees. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And now it's time to go for a double word score. Arthur tries to get the indigenous people of Earth to play Scrabble and thus discovers he can pull letters out of his homemade Scrabble bag to find the answer to the ultimate question. He pulls out the question, ''What do you get if you multiply six by nine? Uh, Since other John uh, isn't here, I'm going to ask main John, um, which is what I call John Bounds when John Hickman isn't here. Um, Main John, um, what's this all about? Can we really be expected to believe that his brainwaves can be reflected in the random pulling of letters from a bag?
1: I mean, what
0: is this, some kind of magic bag? Um,
1: Yes, of course they can. Um, That also, uh, it doesn't, um, uh, maybe not much, but um but they can and it's like um if you ever see the draw for the world cup <laughs> on the television the idea that that's genuinely random <laughs> uh, i'm told by someone who is in the know that there are uh, and danny might know about this if he's popped out again there are warm balls and there are cold balls oh. <laughs> but i was th- i think i th- scrabble is Phenomenal, isn't it? It has to be Scrabble. It really has to be Scrabble for this, uh, to work in the, the very, in what Scrabble represents. Yes. Um, to the, to the, to the audience for the, the radio series, particularly that original Radio 4 audience. It's one of a small coterie of, uh, board games that has respect for not being, not being random, but, or being a game of chance or even a game of uh, it's 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 or even ju- purely a game of strategy like tress or drafts um it's it's a, it's phenomenal in the it is meant to imbue uh into you know to be a good scrabble player is to be uh, intelligent and erudite and um and things like that uh and they and obviously Arthur would think he was but he wasn't getting a very good game of Scrabble. Mm. Uh, admittedly, he was playing a caveman. But um, yeah, because he was trying to spell library with one other poor <laughs> bastard. <laughs> but Scrabble is phenomenally interesting, I think, because it's not particularly about knowing words. I don't know if um, either of you two have played much. much yeah, Scrabble. I'm dreadful at it. I'm I'm all right, but I don't finish games. So I get bored. Well, this is I'm I'm not. I can hold my own, <laughs> um, particularly if I'm wearing uh, booty shots uh yes but um no I can hold my own but um I'm not brilliant at it and one of the reasons I think I'm not brilliant at it and I suspect it's why I need you view to brilliant at it as well is that you know words you like words you enjoy words for themselves and for their meaning whereas to be good at scrabble is to be good at rules and um and algorithms and not just to understand algorithms like I'm sure you do Mark but to to, to to almost think in algorithms. So it's far better to play a really, it's far better to play dog in the right place. Yes. Than it is to play. Quinquagesimal. Yeah. Or, yeah. Ar- well, probably not that No, because I you know you it, don't but,
0: know, but I just love the words. But, but artichoke. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, I think you have to live up Scrabble yeah. by uh, giving like extra points for rude, rude words or,
0: uh... Uh, or. Or just sort of start just bending, just, just going around in circles and stuff. Uh, every almost every game of scrabble i have uh, played in the in in pretty much all of my memory has ended up getting really closed off so towards the sort of final quarter of the game no one can go anywhere because just everything has become hemmed in and closed off and i don't know if that's just the kind of people i play with uh, the kind of words we choose um because we're we're definitely a mixed ability group um and i you know i i probably have the best vocabulary of all of them but i i come usually Last, if not you know, one penultimate,
2: uh, which is not the not the right word, but uh, yeah, I've there, just there comes come up with vocabulary. drink Scrabble. <laughs> oh, right. So you play Scrabble, and you drink. Oh, cool.
1: Mm. So it's like chess boxing. Mm. <laughs> do
2: you want to play drink Scrabble? Uh, should we
0: do it with Bailey's next week? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although uh, there isn't an apostrophe in the uh, in the bag, so I'm not sure. What we're That's okay. There. We'll mop this one thing um, so, uh, we've done science. Now it's time for the same word again, um, only in a French accent. Zayfod, Ford and Arthur hold a seance, you see. It's a se- seance. Um, to uh, speak to Zayfod's great-grandfather, one of the uh, great gags you get in the radio series is an actual dial tone followed by a bunch of bleeps as the call connects. Um Our friends over at Cat's Cabinet of Curiosities recently did an episode where they performed a seance and uh, a link is in the show notes. Uh, Danny, you dabble in frankly nonsense like this. Um, so
2: have you, um, have you ever done one? Well, for a start, if, if they were my deeply held beliefs and you describe them as, as frankly nonsense, that's a bit. That's a bit dismissive, isn't it, Mark? Only if you yes. attacking my core beliefs as frankly yeah. nonsense.
0: Only if they're not nonsense. <laughs> How <laughs> very dare you? It's yeah. It's only that it's patently nonsense that I'm able to to do that. Yeah.
2: How very dare? You? Uh, yeah, I do do that sort of stuff, and I continue to do that sort of stuff. You know, tarot and rituals and whatnot. Yeah. Have I ever done a séance? No, I've never done a séance. I've done things similar to a séance. Mm-hmm. i've but i've never done a seance and the reason why i've never done a seance is because when i was younger my mom gave me quite a frank talk about doing a seance like i haven't had the talks about much things off my parents I've just kind of left me to kind of figure things out on my own mm-hmm. like sex and <laughs> sex and <laughs> drugs and, and booze and 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 whatnot like I, but the one thing that it my mum really did sit me down and talk to me about was not ever doing a seance, right? Oh, well, that's important. Because when she was younger, a friend of hers did it and very bad things happened. Okay. She never elaborated about the bad things and she
0: never elaborated which friend. Oh, oh, God. Now, before we before we continue, I just want to make, because it's burning a hole in the back of my brain and I want to get this out now, because there is someone, probably Kat and probably Tom, who was screaming at their... Um, Headphones at the moment. They didn't. Uh, Cat's Cabinet of Curiosities didn't do a seance. They did a Ouija board, um, which is a different thing. It's but it's, it's all nonsense. But it's uh, a, a different brand of nonsense. That's nonsense. That obviously with a with a with a board and things. And I've done I've done that particular brand of nonsense. Um, so uh, yes, I just wanted to, to have that point. So, um, so 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 no one died. I'm, I mean, I'm really glad that, that that's the thing that your mum really instilled in you. is I that know, You were ready for right? the seance. It
2: explains a lot of things. I mean, and I've. Done, I, but but yeah, so I have I have never done a seance. And also, I would never do a seance for the same reason that I wasn't able to be a goth for very long. And that's
1: because... <laughs> just 40-odd just years so far, huh?
2: No, I was like a proper back-combed, like, full-white makeup goth for a very short amount of time. And that is because I wasn't able to keep that up because it requires 100% commitment. For, especially when you're around other goths. You have to commit to that. And it's not funny. Definitely not funny. Don't try and lighten the mood, <laughs> <laughs> because then you at one moment you're standing next to like Ravenclaw, Darkfist, or whatever they're calling themselves, <laughs> right? And, and 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 Jerry and and Steve, and and they're all like very serious. Hufflepuff. And then, or, uh, then if you make a joke you've just revealed the naked lunch of the situation is, is that you're just all tits in makeup in a dark room. (laughs) And so you can't be a cheerful goth. It's not, it's not, it just ruins the mystique and kind of takes it away. So yeah, I don't think that I could refrain from twatting around long enough to actually do a seance. So yes, I've never done a seance, but I'm not dismissing it as frankly nonsense because that would be rude. And disrespectful. It's just because your
1: mum told you not to. I've definitely seen glasses move. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) No, I I heard the
0: (laughs) rattle of a punchline coming. No, no, I haven't (laughs) got one.
1: There was that. There was that. Um, untrained hipster barman in a pub in Brighton Dan recently tried to take my uh, glass away when it had a clear two fingers of lager at the bottom of it um, that was the pun going but, by but uh, no no it was just, I was just, I, I, to be honest I thought I had a better punch <laughs>
0: um, but I didn't I was, I just
1: assumed I would have <laughs>
0: that's um, the way to do it yeah it's just work up keep saying words and hopefully
2: I mean that's all that's all I do with improv is you just keep speaking and hopefully either someone will take you out or you'll or, or, up Yeah, I'll hilarious. land. I'll land this any minute. Any minute, I'll land
1: this. <laughs> no, pull up. Pull up. No, pull up. pull up. Still talking. Not so much a flight of fancy as more of a flollop of fancy. <laughs> I'm not getting very far off the ground. Um, i've I've never, I've never had done any of uh, these sort of things. No, and um, they they scare me somewhat. uh Rigid to be perfectly honest. Oh, I'll, I'll read your tarot when I'm down the weekend. You could make a nice Hitchhiker's Tarot set, actually, if someone was about to draw it all. Oh, God, yes, you really could, couldn't you? <laughs> you know I'm going to obsess about that thought for a while now. <laughs>
0: well, you've got the uh, you've got the board game to work on first, so the, the, the role-playing game, so... Uh... No, that's far <laughs> too much work. <laughs> and finally, to arguably the most troublesome zone in the galaxy sector zz9 plural z alpha is as its name suggests a plural zone it's also where the earth lives sometimes and anyone uh, born here is advised not to travel via hyperspace it's also the name of a big hitchhiker's fan club john as our resident adams scholar do you have any inkling as to why he chose that particular name was he thinking far enough ahead or was it just like a good name for a thing
1: I don't know it's interesting I think the whole um, I know that the whole plural thing was originally in the uh, radio script but didn't make it to the transmitted um version um the whole idea sort of multiple timeline uh discontinuity of existence um I I'd, I'd really have no clue the name um I think it's probably got some z's in it so it sounds spacey yes uh in the same way that uh Ws and Js are inserted into words to make them sound Polish. Yes, and uh, backwards Rs are uh, transposed into words. Uh, if anybody um, wants to believe they're Russian, in much the same way that uh, centrist uh, political commentators uh, always believe things are Russian when um, uh, they don't understand them, is that why Toys R Us went under? <laughs> it was uh, it was Putin. <laughs> I have a I have a
0: theory, and uh, and and it is this this is my theory that it is my theory um that it is that I have this sorry that's a Monty Python sketch. Was that a half a me
1: reference? No, it's not. It's a theory theory about um the dipper Yes, it's long at the
0: end and yeah, it's John Cleese being a being a woman and it takes him about five minutes to. Uh, this is my theory, um by Anne Elk. <laughs> so I have a theory that the um. Diplodocus has a fat... No, right, sorry. Behave. I have a theory with this, that um, he originally was creating a series called The Ends of the Earth. And it was going to be a presumably six-part radio series about how the Earth was being destroyed six times over. And this was the first one. The the, uh, Earth being destroyed to make way for a hyperspace bypass was one of the ideas that he was going to have. And so... It's my potential contention that um, he created the plural zone as a way of maybe tying that up in a storyline later in another episode. Maybe he'd go and do another spacey thing. Um, in, in as part of the same series to say this is how we can talk about how the Earth is is being demolished six different times because um it exists in this plural zone and so um uh, my, my my assumption or my idea is that it was a sort of a hangover for, uh, from that original idea could be. It could be.
2: Is, um, it's a very, very good theory. It's a start. You made an effort. Well done. It's a
1: start. It is a genuinely um, uh, good theory. Apparently, uh, that is pretty much exactly right, according to scholars of the subject. Well. Do we know
2: if that's not how they categorise areas of space? Because there's got to be a, a, a logging system that they already use. Did he not just use the grammar of that? I
0: don't know. Um, because ZZ9 is sort of would make sense as a coordinate system and then he just sort of randomly adds the word plural in there um and and you know you could say plural Z alpha means the first um plural zone and so i think it's probably that simple i think i i i don't i don't know that it is actually that sort of space accurate (laughs)
2: space accurate
0: yep space accurate Mm. it's like the space accurate which is a not not very exciting spaceship
2: listeners do you know anything about anything Anything? <laughs> why,
1: not, why not get in touch? It would be very nice. I think um it's nice when our listeners uh, get in touch, isn't it? The um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. We had a brilliant tweet earlier the day from uh, uh, Adam Reese Taylor, who sent us a picture of uh, Ford Prefect, well, uh, David um, Dixon Ford Prefect in the TV series, getting a good old grilling from uh, Inspector Jack Regan in an episode of The Sweeney. I I saw that picture. And
2: I made a connection that I've never made before, but absolutely should have. Ford Prefect gets his name from a car. So, do, so does Chevy Chase. Where, which one came first? Uh, the chicken. Um, like is, 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 is Chevy Chase a Douglas Adams fan? Is that a little nod or is that just a case of great minds think alike? Kind of thing, morphic resonance. Mm. Morphic
1: resonance. Yeah, um, I once knew a kid called Austin Moore.
2: I used to know a girl <laughs> whose name was made up of two motorcycle companies. She was called Tripsa, and her name was from the first bit of Triumph, and the second bit was BSA because her dad was like oh a mad biker. Tripsa.
1: I once knew uh, a guy with three kids who called them Emerson Lake, <laughs> and then and then bottled out and called the last one Laura. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that just about wraps it up. Thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, we've only got uh, a couple of more episodes before Christmas, and uh, we're going to take a Christmas break. Um, certainly not anything like the like half the year it felt that we that we took off uh, previously. But we have we'll have a little break. But we'll worry about that in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, until then, uh, you can uh, still find us in all the usual places. Leave us a review on Podchaser.com if you uh, if you'd like to do that, uh, because it, you know it's it's all it's all good it'll, it'll all help. Um, the Apple Podcasts leave us a review thing it doesn't actually help it has been proven that that doesn't actually do anything i mean it's nice to do it anyway just because it makes us feel good and if you want to do things that make us feel good then we will feel good about you doing that um so uh, podchaser.com search for beware of the leopard link is in the show notes you can also follow us at btl podcast on twitter uh, where you will also find danny at probably drunk bounder at bounder and me at i am steadman we will be with you again next week so until then share and enjoy This podcast is produced by Podiant. To find out more, visit PodiantProductions.com.
1: Danny has not got real baileys. Danny has got Carol Ann. <laughs> d- Dooley's. How, f- how fucking dare you. Old b- old bog trotters, pound stretcher baileys. <laughs> but it's a Bailesque.